0: Salam salam from Boulder, Colorado. This is the Rorschach Ethiopia update from Thursday, the 23rd of December, 2021. A quick summary of what's going down in Ethiopia. In the next 10 minutes or so, we'll be catching you up with everything that's happened in the past week. And as always, we'll be starting off with the news from the north. It was more of the same this past week as the Ethiopian National Defense Force, or ENDF, has continued to run up north as it controlled the remote cities on the border. The announcement said that the government's forces will follow the Tigray People's Liberation Front, or TPLF, that are retreating further north in the direction of the city of Karem. The TPLF said that it withdrew from Afar and Amhara regions in search for peace and dialogue. The front sent a letter to the UN on Monday, the 20th of December, expressing that their bold act will be decisive in finding a peaceful solution. However, the prime minister's spokeswoman, Belin Sayom, told AFP that the letter was a cover-up for the TPLF's military setbacks. The conflict continues, and so does the discovery of ruins caused by it. The Wola University has unveiled that it has sustained damages of almost 10 billion burr, which is more than 200 million U.S. dollars. The president of the university, Dr. Magesha Ayane, said in a radio interview that the rebel forces brought trucks and took expensive medical and engineering equipment. And you know what's worse? They destroyed installations that couldn't be easily transported. Heartbreakingly, the president said former students of the university were also part of this outrage. But the university wasn't the only victim of this smash and grab. The Desi General Specialized Hospital has also reported that it had the same fate as the Wolo University. Sadly enough, this 80-year-old grand hospital has had the only oxygen plant and the only cancer treatment equipment in the eastern Amhara, robbed by the TPLF. And unfortunately, that's not all. The general manager of the Debre Burhan Comprehensive Specialized Hospital, Dr. Azmer Samuel, had urged residents of the northern Shewa zone to be extremely careful, as bullets and grenades that haven't yet exploded can be found all over the place. The general manager reported that throughout the past week, five teenagers had been severely injured when a bullet they found on a farm field exploded. Dr. Asmer has called for extreme caution among farmers as this is the period of harvesting in the region. He has also called on parents to tell their children not to pick up metal objects from the ground. Aside from the man made catastrophes, in some other regions, things aren't looking great either. Most of the Somali region, found in the southeastern part of the country, have been struck by a drought for about six months now. And the predictions don't look good either. Experts say that the drought might drag on. The causes of the drought? Well, it rained very little in the rainy season, which started in April and ends in June. How bad is the drought? Very. In the past two and a half months... More than 146,000 livestock, including camels and goats, have died, according to the Somali Region Emergency and Risk Management Bureau. As a result, the number of people in need has skyrocketed to 3.4 million. Remember the meeting of the UN Human Rights Council we told you about last week? Well, despite Ethiopia's objection, the Assembly not only went through, but decided on a proposal to send a team for a year to investigate the human rights abuses that took place during the conflict. This decision did not sit well with Ethiopia. The Minister of Foreign Affairs, Demike who who is also the Deputy Prime Minister, said that Ethiopia does not accept the decision, will not execute, and will not help in any way. The minister also said that the meeting contends Ethiopia's sovereignty, integrity, and freedom, but thanked the countries that did not support the proposal. Our next story takes us back north. UNICEF has sent over 850,000 vaccines against measles to Tigray's capital, Mekele. UNICEF reiterated that this was an important step in ensuring that all children under the age of five are vaccinated, but UNICEF wasn't the only organization that reached out in this past week. Donations have been pouring in from all over the world. The International Red Cross Committee offered important provisions, 18 water pumps that granted access to pure drinking water in the capital of Tigray, Mekele, to about 25,000 people. Similarly, the committee was hard at work in the Amhara region, providing food for 24,000 people and medical equipment for the injured. International organizations were not the only ones doing a great job on the humanitarian front. The French embassy in Ethiopia has announced that the government has donated $2 U.S. million aimed at the people of Amhara, Tigray, and Afar regions, as they are war-torn and in need of help. France also donated around a million Johnson & Johnson vaccines to its longtime ally, Ethiopia. Germany, on the other hand, aside from helping civilians from these regions, has pledged $90 million U.S. dollars that will be spent on food insurance programs, good governance, agricultural mechanization, and drought resistance programs. Back in Addis, the Ministry of Finance's Debt Administration Director has announced that Ethiopia's foreign debt has decreased by 2%, meaning that the country now has a foreign debt of around $29 billion U.S. dollars. This is almost a 467 million US dollar decrease from the end of last year. The total debt of the country, including both domestic and foreign debts, has fallen to roughly 57 billion US dollars, of which domestic debt accounts for about half, almost 28 billion US dollars. Remember a few weeks ago when we told you about the Great Ethiopian Homecoming Challenge? Well, now the Ethiopian Immigration Authority has also revealed that it will help Ethiopian born and Ethiopians alike to come back home. So, if you're an Ethiopian citizen abroad and you lost your passport, ran out of pages, or it simply expired, head over to the website in our show notes and follow the instructions on the passport tab for speedy service. If you're not an Ethiopian citizen, but you're Ethiopian born, you won't be needing a visa as the agency says that you can enter using an Ethiopian origin ID. If you don't have one, apply for it on the website in our show notes. Of course, you'll also have an option to get a visa upon arrival but the agency recommends that you get your Ethiopian ID from their website, as the agency's counter at the airport will be busy. Speaking of Ethiopian-born, we do have some rare entertainment news as Ethiopian-Mexican film director Jessica Bashir's documentary, Faya Dai was shortlisted for the 94th Oscars in the Best Documentary Feature Film category. Faya Dai took Jessica 10 years to finish and was critically acclaimed after its release. It was filmed in the Harar region in Ethiopia and is based on, among other things, kat, a stimulant leaf that has become one of Ethiopia's main catch crops. We round off this edition with some local news, and we think that you'll put on a smile after hearing about it. A group of 100 former students in the Mekemte city of the Amoria region all chipped in and bought their math teacher a car. The students bought this gift to show their appreciation for all the things that he's done as a great teacher, as they said. The surprised teacher said that he'd never expected to have a car and he didn't, didn't even bother getting a driver's license. He also added that what gives him more satisfaction than this gift is to see his students grow up and become doctors, pilots, and engineers. After all, he concluded, there's nothing else that makes me happier than being able to shape a generation. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining us. Happy holidays to you all. Hope you have a wonderful time and recommend us to your friends. Let us know your thoughts and ideas by emailing us at podcast at Ciao.